0: One of the real stars. Man, did he do a great interview this week with President Trump in New Hampshire of Fox & Friends on Fox News and his own amazing show after my good buddy Mark Levin at 9 p.m. on Saturday night's One Nation. He's my good buddy Brian Kilmeade. Good morning, Brian.
1: What's happening, Sid. I look forward to your trip
0: over there. Have you been over? You know what's crazy, Brian? I've never gone. So two years ago, my son Gabriel, my only son, Uh, Danielle and I really considered getting him bar mitzvahed in Israel, but to be honest, the cost was outrageous. We just couldn't do it at the time, but uh, with the help of One Israel Fund, a big-time organization, ABC and others... Uh, this trip uh, was easy. Uh, folks have just been reaching out to me since October the 7th from Rabbi Bloomstein and Woodmere from Dove Hykend to make this trip possible. So this, Brian Kilmeade,
1: is the Sid Rosenberg pilgrimage, my first ever trip to Israel. Well, it's, just a, it's a really important time because Israel needs to understand they have friends. Uh, you wouldn't think of it. look at the U.N. It's amazing how many people have turned on them. You see these Democrats. You see these uh, protests in our streets uh, nonstop. You actually see them heckling the current president of the United States constantly. Twelve times they interrupted him. All we're hearing is the anti-Israeli, anti-Semitic behavior. Uh, this is a huge pushback with your huge show. Number one in New York City, the number one city in the world. You bring it over there. That's a huge pushback. So I, that is awesome that you're doing it. Oh, I appreciate that, buddy.
0: Thank you. You know what it is, Bry, You know, we were here for 9-11, and, you know, I keep telling the story, but when I was uh, fired <laughs> and I had to move down to Florida, every year on 9-11 I would talk about that tragic day, and I would make it very, very personal. And at one point some listener called and said, you know, Sid, that was a tragic day for the whole country. And I was like, yes, sir, you're right. But, But the smoke came into my Chelsea apartment that day. I lived uh, less than two miles away from ground zero. Yeah. 3,000 people died in this city. Don't tell me it's not more personal to New Yorkers. Kind of the same thing yeah. here. I'm Jewish, and I've talked about this day for, for months, and you just get to the point where you got to be there, if that makes
1: sense. Absolutely. And and I'm watching these. Uh, why well, I always watch the U.N. international feed because we're up so early, uh, the CNN. Uh, So I'm listening to England. You know, they're taking all their correspondence with their little little uh, attitude towards Israel and the operations in Gaza. They should end up every report. With Why are they in Gaza? They had no interest in Gaza. They gave them money on a regular basis. The people of Gaza, whoever they are, are allowed to work in Israel, make a great living, treated with great respect and go back and forth. And they won and had the massacre that we didn't think could happen in this modern era. That is the only reason why the IDF is in Gaza. And what about the 21 people that lost their lives, I think it was on Monday, uh, moving into Gaza in a more more targeted way because of the international pressure and because they're on the ground, clearing building after building, 21 died in a building because they were easily targeted by what's left of Hamas. So understand, every report should be, by the way, the reason why the IDF is even in scrutiny is because of the attack that happened on October 7th and the 100 plus hostages who are still being tortured right now. Well said. By the way, 24 died that
0: day. You're right. 21 in one building. You said international pressure. Let's make it real close to home. American pressure, which is really grotesque if you ask me. All right. So uh, I want to get to Fox News. So You know, I get asked all the time. I mean, every day, every day to do interviews across the street at Newsmax. And I've been saying no for almost a year. I've not been on that channel for almost a year. Other news outlets reach out to me because, I'm being honest, Brian, I am loyal to you guys. You know, for the couple of times a year you put me on One Nation, which I really love. It means a lot to me. Or Jesse Waters. I am loyal to Fox News. So I had to hear Donald Trump beat the living daylights out of you, not you personally, but the the, the network for the last couple of years. And then after you do this amazing interview with Trump a couple of days ago, now the last couple of days, now I hear Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley doing the same thing.
1: Seems to me like Fox News can't win. No question. And I'm well, listen, you brought it up. But I mean, p- people bring this up to me all the time now. They, you know, so on the couch with Haley basically saying, uh, you guys say this is over. This is basically the Trump network or people are saying behind the scenes. And I go, really? And he goes. So I said, what do you expect tomorrow? He goes, well, it doesn't really matter. It's uh, uh, whatever the results are. It's how you're going to spin it. Excuse me. Or lie about it. Lie about it. Really? So we, we, we lie about an 11 point loss. <laughs> wow. Are you kidding? And by the way, no one has gone out of her way, and I'm a—you know this, Sid. You're all over me for this. I like Nikki Haley, and you jump down my throat, and you go, "You got to be kidding!" Not me. Not just so Nikki many Haley, but wait a second—you had a catch, and DeSantis.
0: Yeah, you had a catch, like Field of Dreams with Ron DeSantis.
1: Yes. What is he talking about? So he said that he said, "Why does Fox not hold Trump accountable?" Really? Ask Trump. Trump says, "What happened to Fox? I don't even recognize the network now. Uh, they don't even put me on." I'm listening to the Trump people I was with the other night. They said, you know, you don't even send a reporter to most of our events. I was like, okay, I don't really do the general (laughs) assignment. So it is incredible how much they blame. But what a horrible thing in life to not know how to lose. I mean, could, does anyone lose with grace and do an honest assessment of their own performance? You know, when they stand up, when I was doing stand up, they said the first thing they said to me is, "Don't ever blame the bombing on an audience. I don't care how small, how fatigued, yep. uh, how whether it's all even a room of comics. If you don't do well, it is on you. Don't blame the room." And that was the first thing you learn: is take take responsibility for the results. You open it. if it's football, you look at the film and you say, "What do I do different?" You know, I don't care what the refs did. I don't care, you know, if your quarterback was hurt. Did you win or did you lose? Can we learn how to lose in this country and take personal responsibility? No, and of course, I'll blame my friend for
0: that, Donald Trump, because he still claims the 2020 election was rigged. So, of course, it all started with Donald, and and that's fine. But I got to tell you, watching Nikki Haley on that couch— With the three of you the other morning, if she says the word coronation one more time. Now, it's one thing to use that word before Iowa. Right? We haven't even had a caucus yet, haven't had a primary yet, but she got humiliated in Iowa. She came in third, by the way, in New Hampshire, where she got about 40% more of independence than Trump and still lost by double digits. That was a humiliating loss, and early polls in South Carolina have it down by as much as 34 points. She's about for the third straight time to suffer a humiliating loss. How could that be a coronation when we've got results where she's getting battered?
1: Listen, Rudy Giuliani, kids about the Florida strategy that failed. He said, I'm not really going to do the first two events. I'm going to meet you in Florida. It was the third event. And by that time he was done, Uh, Marco Rubio said it's going to be 3-2-1. I'm going to come in third in Iowa, second in New Hampshire, and I'm going to win in Florida. And it didn't happen. You know, he just said, listen, I, I lost. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's true. You deserve credit. You were nowhere. For the longest time, people are like, Nikki Haley, what happened to her? Yeah, she's just dis- dis- disappeared. And what happened is she worked her way uh, up. Uh, she, uh, she didn't
0: disappear. She stabbed Trump in the back is what she did. Right. And she walked but, out know, of the White House and the Remember, she it for a
1: year. Yeah. 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 She did it for a year. So, but just to come out and just say, listen, I lost by 11 or a double digits. I'm going to continue. But see, the biggest mistake was that speech yesterday. I said to myself, if she wants to continue on and think South Carolina polls, which were three months old, might be wrong. OK, but just come out and say, uh, do the one thing with, you know, Trump's done a lot right. I think I'm better. I'm 30 years younger. I think I could turn the page. I could hold on to this seat for eight years. But instead, she won personally after Trump again. So where's the soft landing? Where's the bigger picture? Because if she wants to run again and Trump's done in four years regardless. So if she wants to run again, she needs the Trump voter. So where's the strategy? Because when you go after Trump personally, doesn't anyone understand that? His his voters take it personally. They take it like, the, like Trump is a family member. They don't drudge him the same way. And whether you like that or not, Jamie Dimon nailed it last week. Stop insulting the people that follow Trump. They're important people in this country. They have a point of view. And you diminish them at your own risk. And she should know better. She's going after his mental ability yesterday. He makes mistakes in the third, in the the, the 80th minute of a 90-minute speech, most of which is ad-libbed. Joe Biden can't get through a 10-minute
0: teleprompter.
1: (laughs) That is a huge difference. Yep, Yep.
0: And she had the nerve to say they're equally as bad a couple of days ago. And by the way, I'm one of those people. I love Trump so much that Nikki Haley has completely lost me. She lost me years ago when she stabbed him in the back and walked out. But I was willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. She's been disgraceful. And right now she's delusional and selfish and quite frankly, She's an embarrassment. Brian Kilmeade here on Sitting Friends in the Morning. So Eric Adams delivers his State of the City address yesterday. And at one point during the speech, this is on, and I like Eric. You know I like Eric. I just saw him last week. At one point during the speech, he talks about the migrant crisis, the illegals, like he won. Like it's over. It was like Andrew Cuomo writing a book on how to to cure COVID, that whole issue. He goes... You know, listen. How did we do it? Well, we stuck to the grindstone. We worked really hard. How did we do it? This city is <laughs> still uh, a mess. Uh, what is he
1: talking about, Brian? Help me. I I don't know. I, I would it, to me. I love what he said about social media. I but I need so a plan I. after that. Yeah, I love that. But with the other thing is, you know, I would say I inherited a situation with the right to shelter and with the sanctuary city thing. And uh, I'm trying to desperately try to get out of it because this is unsustainable and this is what we're spending and this is the people we're losing because the taxes are so high and this is why we're in a deficit and things I got to cut. But to me, he says, I'm proud of what we've done. I'm not proud of what you've done. What? The stabbings at Randall's Island? Is this thing we're proud? You walk by the Roosevelt Hotel on the way to 34th Street? It is overwhelming.